What are some of the most pressing vendor risk management issues that healthcare organizations need to be thinking about these days? I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with Rebecca Harold, President of Symbis, a privacy and cloud security services firm, and CEO of the Privacy Professor Consultancy. Rebecca will be speaking to us about how healthcare organizations and other entities can better address important evolving vendor risk management issues. So now, Rebecca, you deal with a lot of healthcare entities and their vendors. Based on what you're seeing, what are the greatest security and privacy risks that third parties bring to organizations and some of the specific emerging threats that trouble you the most? There are many, and of course, there have long been issues with regard to entrusting access to your data and to your systems to third parties. But as we continue on and every day, basically, it seems like we're getting new types of technologies. We're also getting new types of data. Those risks certainly are increasing. So when I'm looking at all of the third parties and new and emerging types of risks, I'm seeing that there are many risks involved with third parties and the ways in which they are collecting data and also using data. Certainly, we can see in the recent news with how the data from the Cambridge Analytica debacle, if you will, is is kind of rolling out that you need to make sure that the data that third parties are collecting to do one thing for you is not going to be taken and used for yet other purposes or given to or even sold to other parties so that that becomes another type of revenue line for the third party. And I have seen with regard to that, that this is an issue that if it's not clearly described within the contract that you have within a third party to do certain types of activities for you, that they cannot take the data that they have created or collected on your behalf under the contract you have with them. If you don't have in your contract that they are not allowed to share that data with others or use it with others, then sometimes and increasingly more times, those third parties may actually do that. So that's going to be something that's very important for organizations to ensure that their third parties are not taking the data that they've entrusted to them or that they are creating on their behalf and also providing it to yet other entities, which certainly could cause another type of worldwide revelation into, oh, look at all of this data and look at how it's being shared and so on. So that is one emerging problem I'm seeing. Another type of emerging problem I'm seeing is the fact that we have so many third parties now that are implementing within their own organization new types of technologies, uh, a lot of Internet of Things types of devices that are not secure. So the third parties are basically including within their own network environment devices that are inherently not secured and that creates pathways 
into not only their networks, but also potentially into your network if you've hired them. And that creates risks that oftentimes organizations have not thought about. So those uses of new types of technologies that have not been secured is also an emerging trend for them. And those are just two of the big risks that I'm seeing, but certainly there are many others that have been around forever, such as not having a good comprehensive security or privacy program in place, not providing training to their employees so they don't know what to do, how to secure the data that they're actually working with on a day-to-day basis on the behalf of your organization. And something else I'm seeing that is a concern is how when someone leaves the organization within that third party, the offboarding oftentimes misses the accesses that that ex-employee has. So now that ex-employee oftentimes still has access into the third party to get to systems, to get to data. And there have been a lot of breaches and also malicious acts that have occurred as a result of that continuing access. So, you know, I could go on and give you lots of different examples, but those are some really significant issues that I'm seeing that's going on right now. So, Rebecca, with that said, besides putting terms into a contract, for instance, you know, saying that a vendor shouldn't be sharing data with another vendor without the knowledge of the original entity or or things like that. When it comes to vendor risk management, are there certain key processes and or technology elements that healthcare entities should consider to implement that could help navigate some of these challenges? Definitely. And that's something that too many just depend upon a, you know, basic questionnaire to do their due diligence, but they need to go beyond that and actually validate that they have those processes and also technologies in place. So key processes, they need to make sure that anyone that they've hired, their vendors, their third parties have documented and up-to-date security and privacy policies and procedures and that they are enforced and that they are appropriate for the type of work that they're doing. Also, another process is making sure that they have regularly trained employees with regard to how to secure information and then send out reminders. They Every organization needs to send out reminders to employees about what needs to be done to secure information. Too many don't do that. They also need to make sure that they have regular types of security and privacy assessments. So risk assessments, certain types of vendors, let's say cloud services, would be good to also have regular penetration tests, vulnerability assessments. Those are that are in healthcare, having them go through a type of HIPAA audit is also a good thing to do since they have to follow all of the HIPAA requirements if they're a business associate. With regard to key technologies, this is an area that I'm finding way too many third parties falling down on. You need to make sure that your third parties have appropriate access controls implemented within their applications and networks. I see too many organizations, too many third parties that are using, let's say, one user ID to get in 
to their clients, their business clients, in order to perform different types of maintenance or updates and so on. But they have many different people within their organization sharing that user ID. You need to make sure that user IDs are not shared so you can establish accountability for specific individuals within the vendor organization that's using that ID. You also need to make sure that there's strong authentication for getting access into those systems. So two-factor authentication, you need to make sure that the passwords or whatever type of authentication that they're using is very strong. You also need to make sure, and this is another area where too many vendors, especially I'm seeing it in the startups and also the small to mid-size, they need to use encryption. They need to make sure that they're using strong encryption, not only within their own storage areas for personal information and other sensitive information, but also in transit as well. I'm seeing way too many vendors actually sending in clear text, oftentimes within email messages or as email attachments, very sensitive information. Encryption must be used. Also, they need to have anti-malware tools implemented. It's kind of surprising. You would think after all this time, that would just be a default that organizations would have anti-malware used as a de facto type of standard. But there are still many who, trying to save a few pennies here and there, do not have them implemented. And then here's another thing, and this has led to many types of ransomware incidents within third parties and vendors. They don't have their systems patching set to automatically update whenever there are new security patches for systems, for applications, and so on. So you need to make sure that those vendors have auto-updates set on their systems and their applications so that they can help to prevent what is commonly exploited within ransomware incidents, those patches that don't get made. So definitely make sure that they're up to date on those patches as well. Those are some of the key things that are critical to make sure are in place. And Rebecca, with that said, any tips for covered entities to ensure that their vendors are actually implementing these security technologies? Yes, definitely. And As uh, you might be aware, I've done hundreds of these back in the 2004 to 2006 time frame. I did, I think, around 200, of course, many of them concurrently by hand. And I was finding that there's got to be more consistent monitoring. So what can we do? Well, that's one of the reasons why I did create my Simbus business. But what anybody needs to keep in mind is you need to have some way to keep in constant contact with them so you could go to a portal and maybe see at any point in time any type of activity that they're doing to see when they've provided training to their employees, to see any logs that show when they've actually had updates to their systems performed. This can be gathered into one centralized portal so that you can see it. Also, what I really love is having the executives within the vendors to submit either on a monthly or quarterly basis, depending upon the criticality of the vendor, have the executives submit attestations 
to their clients so that the executive can say, yes, we are doing everything that we can for security and privacy. I'm making sure of it because I'm the one who's ultimately accountable in this organization. Here's my attestation. I'm putting my personal name on it. Whenever you see an executive actually putting their own signature on such an attestation, that is a very strong type of commitment and promise to make sure that gets done because that person then becomes personally responsible for it. So you can have them do those attestations as well. And then, of course, there are the occasional types of point-in-time assessments that you can look at, too, such as the SSAE 18 SOC 1 and SOC 2 reports, looking at different types of certifications, like if they have an ISMS certified type of organization that's based upon the ISO 27001 framework and so on. I do think that having some type of ongoing oversight within a centralized portal is one of the best things to do in addition to having those occasional attestations from the executives. And finally, Rebecca, keeping in mind some of the threats that you had mentioned early on, if there's one particular tip that you would give covered entities that they should implement right now in order to perhaps handle many sort of risks that their vendors are posing to them, what would that one thing be? Ooh, one thing. That's that's hard one thing. But I would say, regardless of whether you've had a vendor for several years already, or if you've just considering getting one, do an assessment to see what type of controls they have in place, to see what type of security and privacy program that they have actually implemented and make sure you collect actual verifiable evidence, if you will, that they're actually doing what they say they do. So even if you've had someone that you've been using for, let's say, five years, don't assume that they're doing what they need to do. Go ahead and have them do a risk evaluation of their actual program to make sure that they have what's appropriate in place. And that evidence is certainly important. And I want to throw one more thing in there for you, so I'll make it two instead of one. But make sure you include in your contract a right to audit clause. That right to audit clause is so important because that gives you the ability, if you suspect something is not quite right, or if you see that there are signs that there are risks, That right to audit clause will allow you the ability to have insight into their environment in ways that not having it might keep you out. And so you won't be able to get the information you need to make a decision about whether or not you should continue on the business relationship with that vendor or if maybe it's time to cut it off and find someone else. Thanks, Rebecca. I've been speaking to Rebecca Herald. I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.